0: again we come to you today and ask your blessing on today's message we ask father that Aaron would speak with clearness of mind and that your holy spirit would proceed from every word that he speaks that our hearts would be challenged that our minds might be changed and that we might love you more we pray this in your precious name I think Paul went to a church or two without introduction. (laughs) And so, with the weight of Paul, I, 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 Aaron has been in the Streeter community. I don't know where you're at now, but uh, he's familiar with the Streeter community. He's been involved in uh, New Beginnings Church when they first reconstituted. That I don't know if that sounds right. But Alan, uh, Aaron has, has, has spoken with the men, mm-hmm. when we had um, men's breakfast, and so he's he's been around. We'll, we'll let him introduce himself more. Awesome. Okay, thank, thank you.
1: you, bro. Thank you. you. Oh you know, yeah, no me. I'll probably fall on my face. Well, good morning morning yeah it's uh I'm, I'm still in the community uh the street area um I'm still living in town here I'm um uh, just a little bit update you know the uh the VA finally said I need to retire so I'm retired now so with that uh um, I've been able to help out Dr. Dan wherever he's been needing help so it's kind of nice because today's the first Sunday ever that we've only had to drive 10 minutes <laughs> oh so great <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's been about an hour and a half, two hours, you know. We we've been to South Chicago Heights, a plain field and a couple places somewhere out that direction. Um it, it's been really fun though. It's been great and and uh it, it was a it was a change, you know, like you're saying with Paul. Um I've come to realize that uh um Paul the 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 best bivocational pastor that has ever walked the face of the earth, um who went around and helped churches out when needed, um, that, that's ministry in itself. So, you know, I, I thank God for this little, little change in my life and, and uh, to be able to go around and help out churches and help out pastors and, and help the pastors get some rest. Because if you don't know, your pastor needs rest. And so I'm so happy that he's on vacation now and, and that uh, um, he's able to recharge because it's so important for the man to do that. Um, man, this summer's going fast, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. School's almost back in session, <laughs> gathering school supplies, and yeah. You know, I, I started coaching football again this past week. We had football camp down at, because uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the assistant coaches down at the uh, Flanagan-Cornell-Woodland football team, you know, and uh, we started f- football camp this week already. Oh. Oh my word! It's, it's 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 but it's great. It's, it's great because it's, it's another. It's it's a it's something that that's bound to happen. Is something that that uh, um, that uh, um, as this time approaches, as this new season approaches, um, we must be able to change with that season. Amen. Yeah, we need to change with that season, that that's there because because God changes things for for some. Uh, for his greater good for for him and him him alone right so so i know it's painful for us to change right to say okay here comes school again right lisa here comes school again you know i'm going to be back in a school building again you know and and these are new students coming in there's always changes going on and 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 and, but some things never ever ever change never and that's what we're going to talk about today um I've, I've, I've provided this sermon to some other churches, um, and I think it's so important that, that we hear something like this as a church, as a church and as Christians. We, we need to hear uh, um, um, a message like this because it's, it's a, um, we need to be reminded that we need to take a stand. We need to stand strong. Okay, so I'm going to show you a, a, a gentleman here in the scriptures that, uh, that did that. But before we go any further, let me just pray over this message, if you would, please. Father God, I just thank you for this time. And Father, I thank you for this message. And Father, that uh, you, you placed it in, in, in your book. And Father, and that we can look at this and we can learn from this, Father. And not only learn, but we, we Father, we grow in you. Father, so, so Father, we 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 bow before you, we bow before the throne, and we give you thanks. And Father, we just ask that you speak to us. Speak to us in a way that we can only understand, Father. Speak to us in a way that that is loud, that is, that is resounding, Father, that, that is, that'll that'll take us to our knees, Father. Just speak to us. So Father, right now, I ask, right now, that you would remove me from this pulpit. Father, so that you may be heard and not me. And, Father, that you may be seen and not me. Because, Father, it's all about you. It's all about you. So, Father, speak. We are waiting. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, all the way back, I something you might not know uh, about me, some of you do or, or might know about this about me, I like finding odd people in the Bible. I like to find people that we don't really talk about, people that, that, that we just kind of glance over. I, I like to find those people and really break down to see what's going on with them and, and why did God place that account in the Bible with that one person? Well, today we're going to look all the way back in Second Samuel. We're going to look at a guy there. <laughs> He's found in Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, and let me just uh, get you uh, up to speed on, on where we're going to be at today. Um, in, in Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, it tells us about the, um, the great men of David, um, the mighty men of David, or David's mighty men. It all depends on 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 uh, what. Uh, Version of the Bible that you have and and they address them in different ways, but these are a group of highly trained soldiers They were highly trained and and they fought with David and and they were right there with him wherever he had a victory These these guys were these guys were strong. These guys were like the delta force of the time They they were highly trained. They were highly motivated and they would do anything that the king said that they they were just go-getters but among these men were three others who served as David's personal bodyguards. Okay. These men and their exploits are described in all of these verses. But today I want to focus on one of these guys. His name is Shammah. He is described as a man who took a stand Again, some overwhelming odds, and a victory ensued because he stood strong. He is a man from we can learn so much from, but he's only mentioned very briefly. The Bible tells us that... that that, uh, um, that the Philistines were, ha- at this time, were attacking the people of God, the, the, the Israelites. They, they were attacking, they were going in Israel, and they were attacking, and, and they, were just, they were just tearing up the land nonstop. And when they came, all, all, uh, um, uh, when the Philistines would come into the land, all the people that were there, they would just get up and they would just, just run away. They would run away. As soon as they saw the Philistines coming, they had packed up and, They were gone, except for one man. He stood out in the field of lentils. He stood out in the field, or let's call it a pea patch. He stood out there, and he stood there, and once again, a great victory happened. So uh, what I want to do, I want to Take this guy here, I'm going to take a look at Shema, and and just like I said, just break it down just a little bit more, and he really teaches us a lesson that that we need to know, and this is what I want to say, we need to stand strong, my brothers and sisters, not for just one thing, not for two, not for three, but everything that we have, that God has given us, we need to stand strong for, not run, but stand, stand there are three three parts of the story that that helps us to understand there is a time to take a stand. There is a time to fight. Even when others are running away, we need to stand. So if you would, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23, and we're going to look at verse 11. That's all we're going to do. Yeah, go ahead and stand with us. And, and one, one thing I would ask you to do as we get done reading this, if you have your Bibles open, keep them open, because we're just going to dance a little bit through this thing, okay? It says, After him was Shema, son of Agi, the, the Hererite. The Philistines had assembled in formation where there was a field of lentils. The troops fled from the Philistines. But Shema took a stand in the middle of the field, defended it, and struck down the Philistines, so the Lord brought about a great victory. Amen. That's it. That's all we have for today. <laughs> you can have a seat. You can have a seat. Th- that's the only account that we have about Shema. That's it. Just, just, just eleven and twelve. We might see him later on. He, I, I believe he, d- he is mentioned just, just very briefly later on in Second Samuel. Um, b- but that's all we know of him. See the Bible's clear when he when it tells us that the Philistines were attacking the people of God. It it, it, it was a time of conflict. It was a time of of, 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 of where the, the children of Israel they, they were just beside themselves. That they they, they they didn't understand why these Philistines just kept coming and attacking and attacking and attacking. See, the, what these verses tell us is that when the Philistines came, the, these people, like I said, they just fled. The, and this lets us know that the enemy most likely came during a time of harvest because the, there was fields of lentil. It was a time when most people were occupied. When business of getting the crops in were at hand. They would be busy working on their land instead of preparing for war. This is still when the enemy comes, isn't it? You see, harvest is a, it's a great time of joy. It's a wonderful time. People are working hard at that. That's one thing I love about harvest. You know, here, you, know, you go out in the in the evening time and you see the combines out in the field and you, you see the chaff up in the air. I just love that time. I just love it. It's beautiful just to see everybody working. And, but see, see, and, and so, so this is a great time of harvest for these people. And they're, they're working hard. They're doing everything that they can for the, the, their crops and their barns and the animals and everything. that They're trying to enjoy the fruit of this harvest. Their attention was so focused on what they are doing that they had not prepared to go to battle when the enemy came. See, when the enemy comes, and he comes, he always does it when we're unprepared. And when that happens, we're easily defeated. So when does the enemy come against us? Here at the church, a lot of times he comes in the, in, like this one pastor said, he, he comes in the midst of the great blessings and great victories. Often Satan will come when, when we are involved in doing wonderful things for God, when we're trying to do wonderful things, we're trying to do stuff, we're trying to exp- beyond these walls. We're trying to take the word out to, to the people that, that don't know God at all, that, that are unsaved. We're trying our hardest. We're going on mission trips and everything else. But that's when Satan attacks. He comes when our mind is focused on a harvest. Now that's a, That's a big lesson for us, isn't it? How many times do we find ourselves so engaged in the busy work of our lives and in the busy work of a church, or or when we come, when all this happens, all of a sudden, there's an attack. It always happens. Always happens. And it happens so often. A lot of times we're just like the church of Ephesus, as we see in Revelation chapter 2. They were busy for for God's work, but they didn't even realize that the enemy had inflicted a mortal wound in their heart. They were so busy doing good things. They were so busy doing things that that they thought they were supposed to be doing. They they were so caught up in that that they didn't even see the enemy when the enemy came in and stabbed them right in the heart. God... Would have his people prepared, though. God has not left us. He neither has He left us without great examples of Satan's attack plan. So let us learn to watch, to be prepared while we work, while we are 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 about doing the business that which God has planned for us. A lot of churches as we know there's uh no church is different, right? There's some people that do all the work, right? There's people that just are about it nonstop. And there's some people that do as as little as possible, right? It's in every church. And and a lot of times it's it's because of that because because the people that are not doing it is because they're afraid. They're unsure of themselves. But my brothers and sisters, l- let me just say this. When you're doing something great for God, when something's happening, okay, for all of you that, that, that are not actually in the midst of it, pray. Get together and just pray. And pray and pray. Pray that protection, because that attack's coming. Pray. God has not left us one bit. But see, the enemy came against Israel for a couple of reasons. Though here, one, they came to inflict casualties. They came in to inflict casualties. They came in to destroy the all the crops. Because see, the Philistines knew that if they could just wound their enemy, not necessarily kill them, but just to wound them and bring them to a place of hunger, then they could be enslaved. Then they could be defeated. So those, the, those, those, those soldiers would march through the fields, trampling on the crops and slaughtering and wounding every single thing that was in their way. And the same thing is true when it comes to our, our struggle with Satan. He comes for those for, against people for two reasons. To inflict a casualty on you and to destroy your harvest. He attacks us so that we might weaken, so that we will just be easier to enslave and to fall under his will. Not God. But I'm going to let you on a little secret today. Just a little secret. The devil and the world, they don't mind if we have church. They don't. They don't mind the singing. They don't mind our worship singing. They don't mind the preaching. They don't mind anything that we do. But however, when we decide that we're going to get serious about serving God, they will attack. And they will attack us and attack and attack and attack. The devil will attack us when we pray. He will attack us when we reach out and begin to witness for the glory of God. He will attack us when we start to praise and, 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 and help out other churches around us and lift them up and sing with them and worship with them. He will attack. And when we decide that we are going to take a stand for God, look out because trouble is on the way, my brothers and sisters. It is on the way. As long as we are doing nothing, we don't need to worry about Satan one bit. But just let a few people in the house of God, just a few people in the house of God get excited about doing something with Jesus and about Jesus and for Jesus. Look out, the enemy is going to try to invade your pea patch and he's going to try to stomp on your crops. But guess what? You have taken that stand and we have God. See, this verse tells that when the enemy came, all the people fled. Fled before he even got there. They saw him coming, and they ran. What the enemy found was that there was no opposition. They would march into the field, and the people would just take off because they were scared. Sounds like the modern day church, doesn't it? Like the modern day church. Things were going so great, right? We, we had the best time of our lives. You know, we can look back in history, you know, all, all, all throughout seminary. You know, the one thing we talked about, the, the, the how great everything was happening, you know, from, from the 50s all the way up to the, the, the late 80s. Church was great, wasn't it? The pews were filled, people were excited, people were coming into church. Everything was happening, right? It was amazing. Nobody did anything when the enemy came. See, that's why we, we through all, all the studies that we see today, how people are fleeing the church, is because people of God did not stand against the devil. They did not stand. They did not stand and fight for what God had given them. They did not stand and say, God, I need help. Because we flee. We just flew in terror because here comes Satan across the land. And guess what? He's still there, isn't he? It's happening. What we're seeing right now, though, my brothers and sisters, we're seeing the church starting to take a little stand. Because we're realizing, uh uh-oh, we did something wrong. God let us know that we did something wrong. And we're starting to take that stand. And we're starting to get, get back to God and stop worrying about ourselves and, and doing the things what man would have us do, right? We started getting back with God and we started asking God for help. And look what happened. What happened to Roe versus Wade recently? Praise God. That was not because of man, that was because of God. See, th- these people, they fled. And see, and when Satan has no opposition, he's just going to keep going and going and going and going and going. You know, th- things j- just might be going fine, and, and the devil will just stir up some trouble. He'll, he will use someone in the church to start a ruckus. And when this happens, 99% of the people in the church, they flee because of the battle that is happening. Because no one wants to take a stand on the word of God. They want to take a stand on my personal opinions. No one has the courage to stand against the attack of the enemy because all we have to do is look at them and say, you know, by the grace of God, you will not destroy this pea patch. By the grace of God, you will not destroy this church. By the grace of God, you will not destroy my faith. We have to take a stand. My friends, we, we are engaged in one of the greatest struggles that this world has ever known. We, we are back to the first century church, my brothers and sisters. We are back there. See, God is working to reach this world. His namesake and his devil are the he is he is fighting the devil's fighting him every step of the way. All the while God has placed his church in the world to be the light for his glory. And many times we won't even take the stand to protect what God has given us. So God give us those who will just take a stand. We we know this. We know this about church. Satan doesn't attack from the outside, does he? He has no power. No power at all. But if he can get himself into a church by somebody who fled. If he can get himself into any other type of organization, because people f- did not take a stand, alright, I don't mean to get political, but I'm taking with political really quick, then I'm out of it because I don't teach politics from the pulpit, right? If he w- works his way into uh, a government, he's taken off with it. All right, done with that. I don't talk politics from the pulpit, but that's what he does. That is exactly what the Philistines found when they came to Israel. Not only was a time, a great conflict there, but it was a time that took a lot of courage, okay? There was conflict, but then we saw the courage happen. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. Let's, let's look at verse 12 again. He says, But Shema took his stand in the middle of the field, defended it, and struck down the Philistines so that the Lord brought about a great victory. The Bible tells that, that Shema Stood. I, I, I don't know about you, but, but I've been in a lot of fights in my life. A lot of physical fights. Been in a lot of them. From, from, from just um, uh, pushing, shoving type of matches all the way to struggle. Okay, I've been in a lot of fights in my life. It takes the man to stand in order to defeat the enemy that is coming against him. Shema stood. He let the enemy know that you're going to get past me. He resolved, Shema stood there, he resolved that he was going to fight at that point. He made up his mind that he was not going to run away from a battle. We don't know anything about him. We don't know if he had gone into battle before and he ran from there. And he's like, oh, my goodness, I made a mistake. I'm, I'm not going to make that mistake again. So when the next battle comes, I'm going to stand strong. We, we don't know if he was that type of person, but, but let's say that he was. Guess what? He's standing now. He is standing now. Today. He would fight, stay in the fight, even if it cost him his life. He knew. He knew that when he was standing in that pea patch, that he might not walk away from that pea patch. But Shema knew that there were things that were worth fighting for. My brothers and sisters, the churches. We could just stand back and watch the church go away like s- some, other, uh, some of these other churches that have just fallen away from the word of God. We, we could just sit there and we-, we can look at that. We could just run away and hide while the enemy tramples on everything that we love and, and, or, or we could decide that we're going to take a stand. We could make up our minds that, that, we, that we are tired of seeing the devil hinder the work of God, we could resolve in our hearts tonight or today that, that, that there are some things that are just worth fighting for. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. I, I, you know, with me, I don't care if you ran in the past. You got scared and you ran and you flee. I don't care, but this is a time where you got to say, you know, no more. I can't do it anymore. God, you, you're my strength. You're my rock. You're my salvation. But why does Shema fight, though? Why did Shema stand or why everybody else ran away? Because he knew that without food, his people would perish. He knew that the people had to eat. And if they were going to eat, the fields had to be defended. Let me say this again. Shema took a stand because there are things worth fighting for. So what are things that are worth fighting for today? Our church. It, and when I say church, I'm not talking about the building. All right. Build, I did, this building go away and the church will always stand. Right. This is just a gathering place. The church. Stand for it. Stand on the word of God. When I say to church, I'm, I'm talking. I'm, not, I'm I'm talking all those churches that are Bible believing, that are God fearing, Christ loving, spirit moved churches. I'm talking about those. Those are worth standing for. The lost. The lost are worth standing for. We know what's going to happen. If they die in their current state. We know. We need to stand for the word of God. We need to keep standing for for your pastor. You need to stand for your pastor because the devil comes against him more than anybody else in this church. We need to stand for him. Stand strong. Surround yourself. Surround him. Not only with, as, as, as with your prayers, I mean literally surround him. Because he's coming in many different forms. There are things that are literally worth dying for. That's something that I had to realize, I actually had to come to terms with. There are things literally that are worth dying for, standing there, protecting are you willing for that? Are you willing to do that my friends we, we, we must take a stand for for god we, we must take a stand for for what, what what is right and for or what is important if we do. If we don't do that, then who will? If we claim to love God as we do, we need to take that stand. When the things get hard, when the things get difficult, when, when, when we think that there's nothing else, well, we, we don't know if it's, sometimes we don't even know if it's Satan attacking, do we? Right? Sometimes we just get caught up in ourselves because, you know, change hurts, right? Right? But that's God changing things for the better. So we just need to realize, and we need to pray, God, is this you doing this, or God, is a Satan? If it's Satan, Father, I need you to take him away from me. Pray against it. But if it's something that God is trying to change you into, trying to mold you, trying to tell you, take a stand right here, people. Take that stand. Then you need to pray that God will uphold you. Just like Moses, right? When, when his hands were up high, you know, no, nothing came against Israel, right? It wasn't until his arm started falling somebody came up, the two guys came up and started holding up his hands for him. All right, that's what we need, isn't it? All right. You know, when the enemy has secured a victory and the cause of Christ has been hindered and people have fled, cause of it. We should not be looking anywhere else than within ourselves. I'm talking within a church, within our own selves. We have no one to blame. But if we want the victory, then we must arm ourselves we must stand our ground, and we must fight for the glory of God.
0: Right.
1: So we talked about a conflict. We we talked about some courage, because Shema, he was, he was courageous. He was courageous. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I'd have been so scared if I was Shema, seeing the Philistine army come against me, and there's no one else standing in that patch with me. That would have been so scary. All right? let's talk about this. Look at verse 12 again with me. But Shema took a stand in the middle of the field and defended it. That means he went to war. He went to war and struck down the Philistines. They didn't flee. They didn't have time to flee. He struck them down. He killed them. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Let's talk about this victory. The last part, it tells us that that the one who really won the victory was who? God. God won the victory. Shema was his tool. He gave Shema the ability to stand. He gave Shema the power to fight. He gave Shema the skill to win. He gave Shema the victory over his enemies. Shema may have held the sword, but God is the one who won the battle. It was the same when David walked into the valley against Goliath, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood the ground, or when David, Daniel continued to pray in spite of what was around him. Men took their stand because they were empowered by God. And because of that, God gave them victory. See, when we face that spiritual battle in life, we've all faced spiritual battles. If you haven't ever gone through a spiritual battle, guess what? You, there, there's, there's three things here, when any type of struggles. You're going into one, you're in one, you're going out of on one. All right? so, so if you're in a, in a spiritual battle, if you're in a spiritual uh, um, conflict, you need to remember that one, there's other people going through it the same. And God has given you everything. That you need in order to defeat the spiritual battle. Everything. You're going to get tired. You're going to get exhausted. Like I said, I've been in many, bef- many of my life, right? Physical. I've been torn down, I've been hurt, I've been dragged. I've been in many spiritual fights in my life. I've been down, been hurt, been dragged. Been in a lot of mental fights. Been dragged, been hurt. But God had the victory. Yeah. Yeah. And if he uses you for it, even when you're tired, you're worn out, and you're dragging, and you, somebody has to come around and pick you up, guess what? God has the victory because you stood strong, because you listened, because you Took everything that God has given you, all the skills, everything, everything that you've learned in Sunday schools and midweek Bible studies and your in your personal lessons, everything. You have you took all of that and you have applied it to this battle. See, that's why we come, isn't it? Man, God is God. God, God is just awesome. He gave everything. So when you fight the battle, whether you win, lose, or draw, because you have been faithful, God will have the victory. No matter what. Satan might have thought he won, but he didn't. Praise God. Because God had, had, had one man who was willing to take a stand, the fields were protected. One man protected that field. One man kept the people from being enslaved. One man kept the the entire nation of Israel from being starved to death. One man. Now think about this with me for, for a moment. If we do not stand, Satan will take everything from this church that he can get his hands on. Everything. If he takes away the Bible, a generation will not ever eat of it. He's been doing that, hasn't he? My brothers and sisters, sh- take a stand. Take a stand. If, if, if he, well, let me say that again. If, if he takes away the Bible and we're not willing to stand on that Bible, a generation will starve. Is that scaring you? I don't mean to scare you, but it should scare you. A generation will starve from the loss of the word of God, the the, the meat, the the, the manna, the the, the fruit. If he takes away the Bible. If he takes away our desire to witness, who's going to tell them of the good news? If he takes away our will to pray, who will call on the Father to stand in the gap? Who, if, if we do not fight, then we will certainly lose the things that he has given us. If we do not fight today, today, people will starve tomorrow. I'm going to say that again, okay? If we do not fight today, at this moment, if we don't stand strong, bracing for what's about to happen to us, people behind us, a generation, will starve. You need to stand. Satan comes in and tells you, you, you're you're not worthy to do this. You stand strong and say, yes, I am. Watch this. Right? Let him know who's boss. Let him know that I serve a greater God. I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you have no power over me. I am going to stand here, and you're going to try it. And I'm going to take licks. I'm going to have black eyes. I'm going to have broken nose. I'm going to have a busted lip. You know, I don't care because God is going to get the victory through me. I don't care. If the field is not protected, who's going to enjoy the harvest? Okay. The enemy is is, 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 is still attacking the people of God, just as he did through the Philistines. And just like it was then, the people are fleeing from the battle. I've already talked about that. There are too many Christians that are just fleeing, trying to find a comfortable spot. Trying to stay away from those things that I feel uncomfortable. People are abandoning the harvest and choosing to flee. But let me let me ask you some really hard questions, though. This is one thing you don't know about me. I I like to ask really hard questions, and it's very pointed. I'm going to point. I'm not actually going to point to you, but but you're going to know I'm talking to you, okay? (laughs) Are you standing? I don't want to know the answer because you know the answer. Are you taking a stand right now? Is it you? Are you finding yourself fleeing? Is the enemy ransacking everything behind you right now? Okay. Or are you like Shema? You're done with it. You're done with the the enemy coming in. You're done with the enemy attacking. You're done with the enemy taking away everything. Are you standing like Shema and saying, never again? Are you standing right now in your pee patch? Is God telling you things right now that's in your life? Is there something in your life right now That God is telling you, you need to stand and fight for it. Is he telling you that? Don't flee from it. Stand. Tell him that you'll take a stand for him day in and day out. That he's going to find you in the midst of the battle tell him that 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 regardless of what others are doing no matter what's happening around you no, no matter what what what's what's going on in your life and the life of other people no matter what i am taking a stand and nothing's going to knock me down because i have god are you able to say that today today one thing i always say is you know and and i always bring this up because if you ever heard johnny hunt speak if you haven't done that you need to listen to johnny hunt all right johnny hunts uh, he he could preach wall uh, paint off a wall but but uh, he's amazing him and uh, a couple guys from the ibsa and uh, a, a great guy um, who's now down in Tennessee. They, they always told me to do this because I asked, okay, well, what's what's one of the best things I could do to help out my church not only grow um, in number and numbers, but also uh, in 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 spirit. What is the, what is the one of the best things I could do? And they said, witness, witness to them, encourage them to do what they're supposed to be doing, and witnessing to others. Also, provide that invitation. That's the most important thing for church growth. So if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, I I, I ask that you would please, 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 please take that stand right now. But if you're here, if you're online, wherever you're at, please take that stand and ask questions. Ask those questions right now. Ask what it means to be a Christian. Ask what it means to to be able to, to come to Christ. we've all gone through that battle at one time or another are you willing to take that stand my brothers and sisters let people know about Christ tell them there is protection let people know who you stand for let your banners fly there's somebody in your life right now that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. Each and every one here, there's one person that needs to hear about him. Are you going to take that stand and protect them from Satan? Regardless of what other people do, I'm closing with this, I promise that I'm... Sometimes I can be one of those pastors I can say, you know, I'm closing with this and I continue on. But I'm actually closing right now, okay? Um, <laughs> as, as a church, it's so important that people know who we are and that people know where we stand. And that doesn't mean that we hate them. Because God tells us to love and to share with everybody. For God so loved the what? That he gave who? For what? That's where we need Father God, we just come to you and we thank you that we do have the Shema's in our life, that, Father, that, that I had a Shema in my life who, who stood in, 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 in between me and, and Satan and, Father, and protected me, who, come, who came to me and told me about you and who told me about the blood of Christ, who told me about salvation, who told me about what it means and who you are. So, Father, may you find Shema's here. And, Father, may we remember those Shema's who stood with us. Because, Father, we know the battle's not over. Father, we know that our time is short. But, Father, we have you the Alpha, the Omega. one who has always been the one who has loved us first the one who has known us from the womb Father we give you praise we give your love but Father we ask you we ask you to help us to be the Shema thank you for this account that you have placed in, in your Bible And Father, thank you for the time that it withstood. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.